listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about Season of the Chosen versus Beyond Light, basically why I think I'm going to play more. Let me let me get through this. It's not hype. It's not hype. If you're listening to this on any of the audio platforms or watching on the other YouTube channel, you can always catch me live by using the cards up in the corner or just go to SNTRlive.com. SNTRlive.com will bring you to my YouTube channel where we do these streams. So... This is not meant to be a video where I talk about how I'm so excited and all is forgiven and forgotten. I, I, I have a whole host of videos prior to this about fundamental aspects of the game that need to change, and I have more videos coming. I have more things I'd like to talk about that I feel like need to be worked on. However, I started looking at the structure of Season of the Chosen, and I suddenly last night had an epiphany about why so many of us felt like Beyond Light was too chore-driven and why that burned us out and why it looks like the content loop right around the corner will be significantly better. Let me break that down for you. Many in the Destiny community have expressed a lack of interest in playing during Destiny 2 Beyond Light, seemingly in larger numbers than usual. Now, while some of this is customary for the time of year and the end of the season, of like when you get to the end of a season or the end of an expansion, that's kind of customary. People get a little burned out. I, too, felt a lack of enthusiasm about how much of Beyond Light was structured, how they had put it together. While I am still waiting for Season of the Chosen to launch to formulate my opinions on the various content offerings, I have a hunch that I will be playing more. It's just a hunch. It's just a gut feeling. And last night, I kind of figured out why I'm feeling this way. So let's first talk about content loop, okay? One of the reasons that I am a fan of the seasonal format is when the activities are not just glorified public events, it's because piecemeal content loop feels like less of a chore and more like a ride at a theme park that I enjoy for a season. So as long as the seasonal activity is not just some prop up public event like the tower event or contact public event, I really enjoy that. I enjoyed the forges, I enjoyed menagerie, I enjoyed vex offensive and sundial. So when you look at that structure, that is one of the reasons, this is my bias here, that's one of the reasons I enjoy seasonal content, that's also one of the reasons I think this type of content looks more appealing. If you think about some of the best times in Destiny 2, it was year 2 following Forsaken when Bungie started adding short content loops with intentionality for loot, Black Black Armory and Opulence most notably. So if you think back on the best times in Destiny 2, that's when things really felt like they were working well. You had Black Armory and Opulence. They were short content loops that had intentionality for loot. Now, when I look at Season of the Chosen, it already seems like Season of the Chosen is structured in a better way than Beyond Light with the Battlegrounds activity and the Hammer of Proving. Too much of Beyond Light felt like it was stretched with unnecessary prerequisites. There was RNG on the lure and then the fragment checklists, okay? There was this this element of we were always having to kind of go and do prerequisites and then, oh, you can't even get what you want on the lure and then you had the checklist for the fragments. Everything felt like that. It was like this laundry list of things that you had to do. Now, Why was that so unappealing? Why did we land in Beyond Light and suddenly decide that we did not want to do things that were on a list or or go do things in a very specific way? I had this epiphany last night, and let me share it with you. Now, this is kind of my bias, all right? But this is what I think happened. 
it's strange to reach a point in Destiny where you just don't want to do stuff. Go and play strikes and get kills? Nah, I don't think I will. Do these four things and then you'll get a fragment for your subclass. No, I'm, I'm good. Go collect these ingredients. I'm done. I'm done. Like, that was sort of the process that I went through in, in Beyond Light. And I finally realized what caused this. Now, this is just me. Maybe you feel the same. This is, this is what I finally realized for myself personally. Destiny 2 Year 3, after Shadowkeep, okay, so go back to Year 3, it was padded heavily with bounties, and bounties are just micro chores, little teeny chores. So my endurance and my drive to play Destiny, my drive to play Destiny, it has suffered a death of a thousand paper cuts, or death by a thousand chores. We spent all of Year 3, basically, if you wanted to do anything, if there was a seasonal activity, if there was something new going on, if you wanted to level up the the obelisks or level up the bunkers, there was just this stack of bounties to do. And bounties are these little micro chores. Go get these kills, and we would all go to Lost Sectors. Go do this. Go do that. So by the time you get to Beyond Light, you're just like, I'm done. Stop telling me what to do. Stop it. Just let me play. Ultimately, I reached a point. Ultimately, I reached a point where I said, leave me alone and let me play. And finally, from what I've read about Battlegrounds with the Helm and the Proving Hammer, it seems like Bungie is getting back to the content loot roots instead of doing what I call content stretching. Just give me a solid content loop and leave me the frick alone. Stop content stretching. Stop padding things out with bounties and chores and checklists to drag things out. We spent all of year three doing what felt like little menial tasks over and over and over again. And finally, when so much of Beyond Light was structured in that way, from the fragments to the prerequisites on empire hunts to the way that the lure needs charged, we were like, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm sick of being told to do all these little micro things. Just let me get into a mindless grind. We reminisced yesterday about how fun it was to go into a nightfall. You would, you would set the card up and customize the nightfall to get the highest score possible. Then you would customize the card to make it as fast as possible. That was a great, super intentional, mindless, quick turnover grind. It was awesome. I wasn't being told to make sure and go kill 25 enemies here, drop kick these guys over here, go collect this, go do that. No, I just got into a content loop. It doesn't feel like you can get into a content loop when most of the content loop is a flat tire of homework. Lastly, my concerns. I still have concerns, by the way. All right. This video is not hype. I'm just diagnosing why we felt the way we did in Beyond Light and why it looks like Season of the Chosen is structured in a better way. The main lingering concern I have for Season of the Chosen, even though I do feel I'll play more, is that the currency choke points are a common fumble by Bungie. They did it best with the obelisks, I feel, but umbrals were so mismanaged. We had no currency at the beginning of the season, and then you had more than you needed at the end. So you you got stuck in this feeling of like, quit bottlenecking the currency, just let me do what I want. Now, here's one of the things that we know kind of has to take place in any game. Empowering folks to chase loot is always going to be buffered by an entrance grind. 
and that's understandable okay you can't just let people run the activity into the ground the first two weeks of the season because they're going to hit burnout really really fast if you just give them all four battlegrounds in the first two weeks there's no buffer in front of that people are going to get super super burned out really really fast I am okay with some measure of buffer in front of content the way they did with the obelisks and the sundial spacing out the battlegrounds and the currency I believe are necessary buffers but it can be a frustrating bottleneck when you just want to get things done my guts telling me this year is going to slowly increase quality instead of feeling like a roller coaster with peaks and valleys if Bungie can add lots of loot and get the content loop to not just be a checklist of chores then most people will likely play more the most that we remember like the best eras that we look back on fondly are not times where we said yes I did 85 bounties that week I checked off so many boxes the times that we remembered are things like season of opulence with the menagerie now the menagerie had a front buffer grind in front of it and yet once you got into the lane it was a nice content loop you could just keep running it Now, Black Armory had within it some things that were a little frustrating. The need to always go back to the tower and see Ada felt pretty unnecessary. But again, it was a quick endeavor. It was kind of over and done with at a nice rhythm. And so once you get into that rhythm, you feel like I can I can kind of get my mind in here. When every time I went to do something in Beyond Light, I felt like they were making me go do something else first. I just got sick of it. It's like I want to do the Empire Hunt can't do that yet you got to go do that first i want to go get these guns from season of the hunt you can't do that yet go charge the lure i'd like to experiment with stasis you don't have everything yet go into strikes and nightfalls and do these very specific things and i just hit a point where i said stop giving me micro chores zoom out and give me macro tasks, bigger tasks that I can run in a loop that feels more natural to the way that play flow is in Destiny and I'll start playing more than I did in Beyond Light. If you're listening to this in any of the other locations, you can always join us at sntrlive.com It'll bring you to my YouTube channel. If you're in the chat right now we're going to transition to Q&A that is something we reserve for paying members but stick around it's always a really really good discussion don't go anywhere i do an outro for the recording if you're listening or watching elsewhere please like share and subscribe thank you for listening to or watching another episode of sntr presents this is gonna be the q a session that followed my talk about season of the chosen versus beyond light if you're listening to this on any of the other locations you can always catch me live on youtube at sntrlive.com that'll bring you right to the youtube channel we appreciate everybody who's been joining into these discussions lately as well as doing the polls that we put on the community tab Barrett with the first question. Many players still believe Bungie oversold and overpriced Beyond Light. Should they try to still add a bit more content, specifically for Beyond Light, before trying to sell future seasons? Else buyers will be more skeptical for the next major release. I mean, I think they're focusing on the, 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 right, uh, the right things, right? I think they're focusing on the right things, where content loop and quantity are too two of the things that I feel like are getting not put into an immediate better situation but it's a good trajectory when they tell me I'm getting more than 25 weapons added and apparently there's a reddit post that's that's like adding up all the weapons and it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 40 weapons that, that we, we don't know if that's 100% accurate but 
if they're focusing on quantity, even if there's reissues intermingled there, and a better and a better and more healthier content loop, I, I mean, I, I I think that's good. I, I think that that that's a sign that the game's going to improve, which would mean Witch Queen they'll probably market in a similar way. They've already told us Witch Queen's going to have more guns than Shadowkeep and Beyond Light, so. You know, then I don't think they oversold Beyond Light. Luke Smith told us to temper our expectations. That is something in the question I do want to point out. I actually don't think that they over oversold us on it. Now, if you want to say it was overpriced, we can talk about that. I mean, for forty dollars, you got a whole new planet, all new subclasses. Uh, you know, a, a a a fair amount of loot, not a good amount of loot, but just a fair amount. It's like okay, this is this is a decent amount, um, and. And a raid and, and pursuits and then the ten dollars for season of the hunt, I think, you know, you get the season pass, you get the, the Wrathborn hunt, you get the Hawkmoon. I, I think the the way that the Hawkmoon quest and the Harbinger mission and all that, I mean all that is is to me is like well worth ten dollars. Um so I, I I do I do feel that as I've said very many times, I feel like in the past it's expansion high bottom falls out because we get bored next season's pretty good bottom falls out because we get bored and then like the third season is super weak and then the summer season whoop back up getting us ready for the hype of an expansion um so when i look at this year i see a starting lower i don't feel like beyond light started at a very high point we almost immediately pointed out the lack of quantity we almost immediately started pointing out the lack of like the, the updates to core content and core core activities and so we we started kind of here and I feel like there's going to be this gradual growth in quality throughout the week as opposed uh, you know as opposed to what it was you know feeling like in the past where it's like high low high low and it's like up and down up and down <clears throat> and so when I look at season of the chosen and some of these quantity you know speculations that people are already making and I see what Bungie's focusing on and I see Bungie's like hiring for like virtually every you know everything you could think of you know they, they, they recently you know put that out there that they're like they're hiring for basically every single uh, every single position that you could think of like they're beefing up they're beefing up staff like they're spending money on more bandwidth which means you know that the, the the game the game will likely feel beefier and fuller uh, in in the coming months seasons and even in the expansion that's around the corner um, now the, again this isn't me like hyping up and saying like you know they're they're gonna absolutely kill it there'll be no mistakes and everything's gonna be dandy but I will say that they can't do anything for beyond light at this point they can't like we have to go into the next season it's a week away they can't just start being like well fan service here's a bunch of fan service free stuff for beyond light because people were disappointed they owned they owned the shortcomings they own the shortcomings of the actual uh, of the actual content they own the shortcomings of the the um, of the content they, they owned it and they said there's not enough we want to add more and they're and they're and they're adding more so I would say the the way the way that they set it up is setting us on a path of, of improvement and not necessarily, you know, like, oh, well, you know, we're we're sorry it wasn't very good. We'll try to do better next time. I feel like they're almost immediately trying to improve on where Beyond Light kind of fell short, if that makes sense. Um, 
you know, somebody was asking earlier, and I, I couldn't tell if they were kidding around or being serious, but um, the there was somebody that was like, well, if I was cheated against, should I get something for that, right? Should I get something back for that? And and I think sometimes we fall into this trap of like, well, I bought the content and I was disappointed with it, so am I going to get anything for that? Am I going to get extra stuff? Am I going to get more? Are you going to are you going to are you going to are you going to pay me back for my frustration or whatever? Um, and I I think to a certain extent they to a certain extent I think they could they could definitely try to do something when when something goes very poorly with like silver or bright dust but they can't like suddenly pull out like weapon strikes missions or or content and be like here you go sorry that beyond light was was kind of bad does that make sense they're not really in a position to do that you know that's that's not a that's i don't i don't think that's like a reasonable uh a reasonable expectation to to make so uh chalk doctor says my biggest problem with beyond light is that there are no interesting weapons to chase it seems like bungie is going to be releasing a lot more weapons next season however loot abundance means nothing if we don't get cool new perks and perk combos do you think bungie will deliver on cool new perks i mean i definitely look at the perk pool and i'm always asking these types of questions can we can we get perk depth and perk diversity without creating a bunch of instability problems or power creep and can we get new perks that aren't just like you know swashbucklers just like another version of 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 rampage right it's just another damage perk I'm always asking those questions. I'm always kind of thinking, you know, what could they do? What could they do? And I always land on the same thing. Most of the weapons, the perks are going to affect the same, the same sorts of things. Reload damage and, you know, stability and handling generally are where most perks are going to land and most people are going to gravitate towards reload and damage. So I've continued to say that I feel, I feel that if if they're to iterate on perks and perk diversity and excitement, they need to go the route of elemental perks and visual effects and things that happen that like, oh, I can actually see it and it's awesome. And it, you know, cause most of the time, and we've talked about this a lot, the difference between most primaries is marginal when you're killing trash ads, you know, excuse me. The, the difference is marginal. There's not this massive difference between, between how fast trash ads die when you're, when you're using them but if a new weapon does something cool while you're killing trash ads explosions chain lightning burn damage who knows like i think that would be all the difference i've always used that example in in you know in in minecraft dungeons when i went from one weapon to another i wasn't suddenly killing the mobs faster but it looked different and felt cooler the one was like a, a swing, swing, knockback. It was like swing, swing, knockback. Like the third one would knock them back. Another one would randomly get crits. Uh, another one was like really, really fast and it would put poison damage on them and I would see like the green smoke on their body. Like So the weapon felt different. They were virtually doing the same thing. If you really measured them and you got out a stopwatch and you measured how quickly I was hacking through the mobs and, and how fast I was killing them, that it was virtually the same. But I feel like I'm getting something cool and worthy of checking out and trying out and using when the actual weapon does something. That's the real ticket, I think. Guns feel amazing in Destiny. So damage and reload perks, it, it, it makes sense to chase those. 
It just, it doesn't make sense to keep chasing those. You've got to iterate on why I'm chasing a weapon. Well, if at its base level, it's a good weapon and you're chasing it because it does something cool, I think that's significantly different than like, this is just another version of reload and damage. Problem is, as they make cool perks for legendaries, they start eating into their exotic ideas chest. I mean, maybe, maybe not. You could even borrow from exotics, uh, Donut, and just be like, well... We're going to borrow, like, what happens with the Graviton Lance, right? Just take that one thing that it does, like the little things bouncing around on the ground, and throw that on a legendary pool, you know? Just that, not the rest, just that. I think I think there are ways to iterate on elemental perks and flashy, cool, showy things to make us excited to use something and not be like, well, it's going to break the game, you know? It doesn't need to break the game, it just needs to be cool. It just needs to be cool. It needs to be exciting, fresh, something I've not done before. It's like, oh wow, I reloaded this gun a little faster. Oh wow, I reloaded this gun or shot this gun and got a little bit more damage and a little bit more of this. I, you know, we've been we've been doing that for so long. We need we need something new in the perk pool to chase. Now, credit where credit is due, both last year and this year, they have been adding new perks. Wellspring, Surplus. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the ones they did last year. There was Osmosis. Oh shoot! There was uh oh was over was overload new last season? I can't oh, last year I can't remember. Um, this year you know yeah chain reaction. So th- they've definitely started putting new perks in the game. It's not that they haven't put new perks. It's that that none of them are that exciting. You know, even I I even have a video that the raid per- the raid guns are boring because it's like the raid guns are boring. They're all great, but then you know they don't really do anything. Oh yeah, sympathetic arsenal. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I always land on it in the same way. It's like the guns can be very homogenized. I, I think it'd be fine to homogenize the guns, Homo- like make their reloads and damage and all of that of roughly the same, and then we just start chasing perks that make the gun do something cool. Think of your weapon as more of a spellcaster than a, than a gun. The gun handling and the reload is there underneath to feel awesome and make you feel dope. And then on top are perks that 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 make you feel like the gun is different than the last one that you used or chased. Stuff like Wellspring and Surplus, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. You're like, well, I, I mean, it's helping me a little bit. I was running Thresh the one day and I was like, okay, you know, I, I can see I'm getting a little bit of that super energy. It's kind of nice, but it's so marginal. It doesn't make the gun feel special. It's just, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. King Keys says, with Bungie not allowing weekly bounties to be carried over next season, do you see this as them starting to improve the disparity between those who bounty hoard for season and those who don't, thus arbitrarily extending season past grind? I really don't think this is what's going on. Excuse me. That was not a yawn. I am sorry. I don't think that's what's going on. I feel I feel that they're what they're what they're actually doing is they're saying we're going to restructure weekly bounties to land somewhere else. Like when I looked at that, those challenges, I didn't get the feeling that they were like, oh yeah, we're trying to really stop people from bounty hoarding. Um, That was not the vibe. That was not the vibe that I got. The vibe that I got was they were shuffling weekly bounties over into like a challenge area to give you something that's more of a background grind that adds like XP and stuff for, for, you know, paying for doing them or taking, you know, paying attention to them. 
So, um, he's bored of us and yawning. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> Demolitionist is one of the dopest perks. Yeah, Demolitionist is actually really fun on the right gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They could literally wipe bounty season to season to stop bounty hoarding. Uh, yeah. What disparity? It's marginal. Yeah, I, d- I don't get that that was the intention behind this. If you homogenize the reload, you just make the non-high impact weapons not viable because they can't compete DPS-wise and high impact variants of the weapon. But, oh, here's the ticket, Sinos. Alright. So, high impact weapons, I believe, especially if they're primaries, I believe they are naturally kept in check because of how fast they shoot. They don't need to be hobbled by their reload. Does that make sense? If you do that to high impact weapons, if you hobble them with a with a reload that's painful, you're basically predetermining that the weapon's only worth using if you get a reload perk. Thus, you are hurting player agency and choice. So when I say homogenize, I mean like high impact weapons, their reload should not be that far removed from the other weapons of a similar archetype. So let's say you have the fastest firing pulse and the slowest firing pulse, and there's a spectrum between them of fire rates. Their reloads should not be insanely different. There's just no reason for that. It just makes the weapon painful to use without a reload perk. Thus, hobbling the weapon and making it dependent upon you sort of being like, well, I automatically need a reload perk here limiting your agency intentionality and preference of like what you'd really run on it if the reload was closer to that of the other pulse rifles you could chase other perks and enjoy the weapon doing other things and performing in a different way rather than being like yeah this thing reloads like there's molasses inside of it they also have low handling yeah they have low handling and they have a slow fire rate you don't have to hit them again with slow reload it's I, I don't understand Nothing would be able to compete with high impacts then? In what regard? In Crucible, you're not worried about DPS on the reload because most kills happen before you reload. Who's DPSing bosses with a primary? Who's doing that? What do you mean? If I'm shooting a 120 and you're shooting a 180 hand cannon, what are we DPSing where you suddenly have an, a huge advantage because your reload isn't a god-awful? Like, what what DPS advantage are you going to get from that? You're freeing up the player. You're freeing up the player to chase something other than, well, it's a, it's a high impact. High impact. I gotta, I gotta run a reload perk, you know? And it, it, that limits your agency and your choice. Overflow Rampage True Prophecy is a good example. Rampage is useless with a small mag, so you need something to even be able to use Rampage. Something has to do high damage and low handling or small damage and fast firing. Yeah, we're talking about reload speeds, though. I'm saying that the reload speeds can be more similar. That's what I mean by homogenize, like bring them into close to being almost identical. I still use 140s because they feel the best. 120s kick too much and fire too slow. And 180s don't kick enough and don't do enough damage. I don't know. I think 180s feel really good right now. I use explosive overflow range on on a slower reloading true prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. I think you open up the runway for player freedom, choice, and intentionality if you say we don't need high impact weapons to to be slow reload 180 reload is worse 
Yeah, I didn't think about reload the reload on the 180s. The 180s still the, the, for the longest time didn't make any sense. It was like small mag slow reload. It was like what the frick is this? It shoots fast. Why is it why is it got why does it feel like a 110? <clears throat> Skilled Nutter says Without adding a risk of FOMO, do you think Bungie could add a paid rollover for the season pass for those of us hitting 200 plus levels? No free levels, but added level pay levels for extra Eververse Ingrams, Bright Dust, uh, Planetary Materials. I don't think you should have to pay for it. I just think it should roll over and still keep giving you stuff. I know it gives you the Bright Ingrams, but I think they could roll it over and just give you diminished amounts of the currency so you feel like it's moving and it's doing something. Truth be told, some bad weapons are needed in order to elevate other ones. I don't disagree with that, uh, Takashi, but the problem with that reasoning is you're talking about an entire archetype. If it's a high-impact weapon that's got a garbage reload on it, and it's only good with the reload perk, you're like at that point, I'm like, why even have that archetype? Now, when you get a bad roll... I agree with you. Having a really bad roll, you're like, oh, this is a terrible roll. That makes the god rolls better. I think you're right when it comes to the random rolls. But you can't sentence an entire archetype of a weapon to, to, to basically irrelevancy by making its reload so bad that without a reload perk, it's worthless. From a philosophical standpoint, they're automatically hobbling the weapon and limiting your agency. You want to use this weapon? Well, you're going to need to get a reload perk on it. Well, I wish I didn't have to get a reload perk. There'd be more fun and entertaining... There'd be more fun and entertaining uh, perk combinations that I could go for. But I'm not going to go for those perk combinations because the thing reloads like someone put cement into the gears. I think regardless in PvE, people are going to go towards reload damage. You want as little downtime as possible on your weapons. Here's what they do, Techno. Here's what they do. You homogenize reload on all the weapons. So they all reload similar speeds. And then, hang with me, you get rid of the reload perks. You just get rid of them. You're like, you don't need them anymore. Or, reload perks are not nearly as exciting because they add a bunch of really cool new perks. And you're like, I don't really need a reload perk. The thing reloads just fine. And when I pair it with gauntlets and a mod to reload it quicker, it's totally fine. These new perks are better. Get us off of that. Get us off of that hobby horse. Now, Crucible folks are going to think I'm crazy. They're going to be like, no, 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 Lono. We always want that reload. I want to be able to enter the lane back again as fast as possible. Cool. But 90% of the game is not Crucible. So you got to make weapons more interesting than reload damage because we've been chasing reload damage for seven years. That would work. Yeah, just get rid of them, or or really, really incentivize us to leave them to leave them behind. You know, Z Zionis. with Guardian Games coming back and the removal of the heir apparent from the kiosk, is it safe to assume that it'll be our reward again? The community outrage is going to be palpable. Do you think it's even worth bringing back Guardian Games, especially with how poorly it was received? More than likely. Bungie is taking on the attitude of, all right, let's try one more time. You know, that was a disaster. We learned a lot of hard lessons. Let's try one more time. I think the aesthetic and the feel of Guardian Games is worth revisiting. I do. I think it's I think it's worth revisiting. I think it's worth, you know, another shot. Because, because they actually got some things right with Guardian Games. They had, they had bounties that you could share with your fire team. They had bounties that you weren't necessarily having to fight other people for. 
that was really, really fun. I really, really liked it, right? So I, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally fine with them bringing it back and taking another try. You know, Tom Holland says Spider-Man Three is the most ambitious standalone superhero ever made. All right, you know, bring back Revelry. I liked Revelry more. I agree with you. I'm not necessarily. I'm not. Listen, listen. Understand me here, okay? I am not in the corner of Guardian Games right now. I'm just saying I can understand them saying let's take another crack at that. You know, let's let's take another crack here. Let's see if we can't get this right. Other than being like, well, we tried it. Done. We were just we were just yesterday. I was at least. I was just yesterday criticizing Bungie for throwing stuff in the game and then never improving it and just kind of leaving it there. You know, concepts and systems just keep getting shoved in, shoved in, and eventually they just yank them out. You know, bounties and weekly bounties are a great example. They didn't really iterate on bounties. They just yanked weeklies out. And now they're trying another system. They didn't refine bounties. They didn't make bounties better. I got news for you. Bounties are still going to suck. They're still going to make you switch to a weapon you don't want to use or a subclass you don't want to use and go get kills. That that And instead of just being shared with your fire team and generic, they're still going to be specific and pesky. They're not iterating on bounties. They're just punting again. They're like, well, let's just do, uh, let's just do a whole new system. Yeah, let's just do challenges. And maybe that'll distract people from the fact that bounties literally haven't had anything done to them. We were just criticizing them for this yesterday. So, to be consistent, right, you know, to be consistent, it's like, all right, take another crack at Guardian Games, see if you guys can get this right. Because I think the aesthetic, I think the idea, I I do, I I think there's a lot, you know, to make it better. Wolvie, is that what you do when you wipe a whole enemy squad? I love how it looks like he's elbowing that kid in the face, too. Just ruthless, just bam. So... He was crying. He was scared. Oh, really? Yeah. He was crying because you gave him a black eye. I, I that's that's my theory. I, I I don't know. That's that's just how you made me feel. So that's just my truth now. So welcome to getting canceled, Wolvie. This guy out here dropping elbows on children. Poor little innocent children. What a terrible person. Uh, Anna Ray. Why do you think Bungie is so stubborn about leveling? It feels unanimously disliked, yet they continue to have this unsustainable leveling treadmill every season. Um, there's a handful of things you know that I want to say about this. First and foremost, I think there are people that just generally like the idea of leveling because I don't know if you were around uh, for this, Anna, but there was a time where I was like, just get rid of leveling. Let's just have the, the artifact reset every season. I had people in my stream that were like, if they get rid of leveling, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to buy the season. Okay. Now you might be typing or thinking right now that that's crazy. Who would think, who would think and talk that way? I was blown away too, but it made me realize there are people that like that sense of progression. They like to see the number go up. They like to work on it for a couple weeks. It gives them, it gives them a sense of progress. I, I cannot explain it. I cannot explain why people like it so much, but I think Bungie probably looks at the numbers and says, the more we've refined leveling, the more people have just sort of like, they just let it happen. You know? Like, leveling is way better than it used to be, okay? 
leveling is way better than it used to be it's still bad right it's still bad it needs to be improved even more i still think every blue and purple that drops in the game should drop at your level so that you're always automatically backfilling so like leveling just happens as long as you're playing the game right but i i i think bungie knows internally from their own stats and numbers they look at the community and they're like listen you know leveling is a part of the value package you can't take that away from people a lot of folks like it I'd be okay with leveling if it wasn't so obnoxious. You have to admit, though, Anna, that it is way better than it was in Forsaken. It's way better. And, you know, if they refine it a little bit more, I'm all in favor of that. But if it stays in, I'm not really going to beat them up about it anymore. You know, they've they've moved closer and closer to us as a community. They've they've definitely moved closer to us. They've made it to where uh, it do, it doesn't it doesn't feel so so bad and so 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 jammed up with not getting the drops that you need. You know, and so um, uh, <clears throat> and the you know we were pretty jammed up and forsaken you know that they, they had to literally bring out the surge bounties i don't think we're getting jammed up like we used to you know um sunsetting forced it that is true sunsetting forced them to kind of like it does need to be pretty quick it needs to be a quick endeavor it can't be super slow yeah 100 percent Andrew Carrera says, do you think part of the reason you are drawn to play more this season is because the story is far more interesting since we've been waiting for uh, Kiteel? I'll be honest with you. I don't even really care about that. I didn't know who she was until you guys told me. And I was like, well, that's pretty dope. For me, it all comes down to the content loop. Always. It's what it is. Now, I know some people kind of busted me up a little bit. They're like, you're kind of misremembering. We had to get runes for Menagerie, and you had to, like, charge the frame for Ada and get the currency from Ada. Okay, here's the deal, though. It was a self-contained grind. I could get the currency needed for Ada and get everything done for a gun in a pretty reasonable amount of time. The only thing that kind of sucked about Ada was I had to go kill a Lost Sector boss twice and then go back and talk to her before I could go and get the gun. But I set that grind up in a way where it was self-contained and I could always get enough currency to buy another one. And Bungie met us in the middle and they made all the frames available all the time because people got sick of going down there and not seeing the weapon that they were looking for. And then, I don't know, I feel like in Opulence, for whatever reason, I remember at the beginning being frustrated by not having the runes that I needed, but after a couple of weeks, I was swimming in runes and it wasn't a problem. And I did remember at the time criticizing and saying, if there's a particular weapon that I need, and I keep not getting the one green rune that I needed, that was pretty irritating. So there were elements of Menagerie that weren't perfect, that they should have thought through about, like, player intentionality, you know, choking out the currency. And I said that at the end of this video. That's always a lingering concern that I have, is that they're going to bottleneck the currency. Okay? However, Beyond Light wasn't problematic because of bottlenecked currency it's everything I want to do I have to go do something else completely unrelated and it's not just going and killing a lost sector boss twice it's go run four or five strikes if you want to charge the lure up go do all these drawn out go kill enemies then do this super long drawn out slow public event and now you can do your empire hunt 
it's I don't know I can't believe the lore is the way it is given all the BA changes I know it's like why'd they give us that agency with Ada but they don't give us the agency on the lore it doesn't make any sense it's not a consistent philosophy at that point it's like this is inconsistent so for me I spent all of year 3 doing bounties which are micro chores and then I got into beyond light and everything was padded with a chore you want to get the fragments and unlock the rest of your subclass cool here's a bunch of chores go and do all these things in strikes I don't want to oh you want to do that empire hunt here's a prerequisite that you have to do go kill a bunch of these guys and pick these things up off the ground and then when you're done then come back here and do a long drawn out public event after you do all of that then you can run the empire hunt the empire hunts are long enough on their own you don't need to make me do all that stuff the lure it might not even have what you want you charge it up five times by running content completely unrelated to it which is way longer than what we had to do for for black armory again going and seeing ada was tedious but still there beyond light was constantly saying we got to stretch this content out by padding it with chores and checklists there's a difference between giving me a buffer grind like level up all the obelisks so that the sundial is the most lucrative do you remember doing that? You leveled up all the obelisks. It made the sundial a more lucrative and a more profitable grind for you. You did that and got that out of the way, and then you could just run sundial to your heart's content. You, had to, you didn't have to keep doing it. You don't get to a point with empire hunts or, or wrathborn hunts where you can just keep doing them. You don't earn that. If you earned that, it would be different. You get over that buffer hump, and then you just start... Haha, that sounds funny. Then you just start running the content over and over again. I gave an example with Nightfalls. You would set up the card, get the highest score possible, and then set up the card and run it as fast as you could. You just got into the loop and ran it and ran it and ran it. I would get over that hump with the obelisks, and then I would just run Sundial as much as I possibly could. Same thing with Menagerie. Menagerie was a little bit different, but once your chalice was all the way upgraded, you know, you probably had a decent amount of runes. And I would agree. I would agree. That was one of the pain points of Menagerie was it was a currency bottleneck where if you didn't have the runes, you couldn't get the things that you wanted. So I'm not saying those were perfect, but I definitely felt that the prerequisites were not as constant. Once I got the chalice upgraded, it wasn't like, hey, go do that before you can come run Menagerie. It was like, no, you can come run Menagerie. Yes, you need the runes to get the guns that you want, but we're not going to make you do that every time. Like, go and do this thing. I had runes coming out of my butt at the end. I did too. You get over the currency hump, and then you have tons of it. Same thing happened with Umbrals. Started out with Umbrals, and we were like, oh my gosh, I, I don't I don't have enough currency. I have more Umbrals than currency. And then the end of the season, I had more than I needed. Why? You invested in the thing. You invested in the recaster. So to me... It always comes down to the content loop. It always comes down to the content loop. If I can just put myself in the content loop, if you make me spend a couple of weeks leveling up the hammer of proving or the proving hammer, I level all that up and I get ready to go and there's a self-contained grind of getting the cabal gold to slot it with challenges and, and runes and affect the rewards I get from the battlegrounds, that's fine with me. That's a buffer on the front end of the season to make sure I don't just jump right away into battlegrounds and squeeze them for all they're worth. You put a little bit of a buffer grind in front of it. That's fine, because why? Eventually that goes away and I'm not doing it every time. All the prerequisites and checklists and and busy work they gave us in Season of the Hunt and Beyond Light, it doesn't go away. You always have to do that. Now, if you'd have leveled up Variks 
and gotten to the place where you didn't have to go to the prerequisites. If you would have completely leveled up the lure so that you didn't have to charge it, and there wasn't any RNG on what you could pursue, that would have made sense. You front load the season and the expansion with a bunch of that kind of like busy work. Once you're done with the busy work, you've now earned the right to run the content as a content loop. And that's where they missed the mark with Beyond Light and Season of the Hunt. We should be wanting to go into the playlist because the loot there is good, not because we're getting currency to use on an activity. That's a whole other story, but I agree with you. If they were to revitalize the actual core content lists and not just throw currency in there, then I would be like, oh, I have to go run a couple strikes? No worries, I might get some of the cool dope new stuff that's in there. It would definitely be easier to take. Oki. What do you think the Battleground event and all future seasonal events should increase the difficulty level week to week, adding depth by putting the best armor rolls and maybe exotics at the end, or would they create a scenario where the easier events are deemed not worth rerunning? I've, I've, I've been saying lately that Bungie's really, really good at building circles and not spiral staircases, and we just run in a circle for an entire season, get all the loot, and then we put it down. We don't feel like there's an actual, you know, a, a sense of investment path uh, or pathways in the game. So when I look at the system that they've set up here, I would definitely be okay with them saying, "Hey, we're what we're wanting to do here is we're wanting to give you increased difficulty spectrums to go up in and to do more and you know and to and to and to invest in more and get stronger for right." I think that they can do that with loot that is worthy of your pursuit without invalidating the lower difficulties. And here's what I mean. The extra perks and maybe even adept status, I think is good enough for that type of a scenario. Now hear me out here. I don't think adept weapons are going far enough. I don't want to try to go flawless or try to do a grandmaster for what we currently get on adepts. It's pretty weak. However, if it was just an increased difficulty in something like a seasonal piece of content, I think that's fine. Why? Well, because casuals are going to be like, I don't need that. It doesn't do much for the gun. An extra perk, like, like that doesn't do that doesn't do much for me, you know. So, um, if I don't think people are going to be like, well, I'm never going to run this at the lower levels. This stuff's down here is trash. If it's just the the minor differences between a gun that has an extra perk on it, or um, if it, uh, um, what was I going to say? extra perk or or adapt because it's not super you know what I mean it, it's not it's not it's not super super big difference between the normal and the adept version does that make sense that's where that's where I'm coming from it's like if you're gonna do a spiral staircase and add extra difficulties the guns have to be worth chasing but you can't go crazy and make all of the lower levels you know loot completely irrelevant I think what they've trotted out with the extra perks and adepts is enough for that particular scenario grandmasters and trials flawless i don't know you got to do something more it, it's it's got it it's and and trials is, is harder to, to to come to a decision here but like grandmasters i don't know grandmasters should be dropping close to raid level loot close close to raid level loot the final twat before season 13 is in like four four hours or so. Four hours from now, roughly. Approximately. So. Why are these still in the game? Leviathan weapons confirmed. 
evidence of your wor- worthiness in the eyes of Emperor Callus. Bring this to Benedict ninety nine forty to increase your reputation with the Emperor. Either that, or it's just it's just held over and forgotten about. Oh, you're joking. Okay, I was thinking, well, maybe I don't know. That'd be weird if we suddenly started using that currency again. <laughs> uh. Hope your day's going well. Thank you, uh, Dual Twelve. Thank you. Princess Rainicia. In Beyond Light, we did get a new dungeon. And it's uh, predicted... Oh, it's predicted Vogue will be in 14. Do you think there will be a dungeon this season? Or will the Shatter Throne and the Pit of Heresy reissues be the endgame refresh? Here's the thing. I think the end of the trailer where it says there is no light here Osiris says there's no light here and there's like a derelict cabal shift in like a darkness area we came up with the theory this morning that those dark areas that have taken those planets and enveloped them are are literal like pockets of darkness and one of Kaitiel's ships got pulled in and that's why she's all invested in it and mad and that shift is derelict and dead and if you remember that line is something that Soul Soul says in the one um, Whisper Dungeon. There is no light here, and you will drift. Well, I don't want to read too much into the "you will drift" line, but Osiris saying there is no light here with a super creepy ship and a weird flashy thing and a bunch of weird symbols on the screen—that to me feels like a dungeon, like. A three-man activity out there. We go into this darkness area. It's We're literally going into almost like a cloud of darkness where those planets are and where this ship is, and we can't use our light sub uh, subclasses out there. So it's a dungeon that would literally be built around stasis. I could see platforming where you have to use the glacier walls because if, you, if, if they're literally saying you can't use light-based... They could literally build platforming areas around, you know, the glacier walls, like putting them on on side of walls and stuff, uh, you know, to navigate. Um, so, I I do I I think it's I think it's a dungeon personally. In the seasonal dialogue from Osiris, he says that Kaitiel sent out scouts, and they said that there's an unknown force causing Cabal to turn on each other and create mass graves. Someone on Raid Secrets determined it was a ship from Skyburners. Yeah, so it's a cabal ship. Possibly might be going to explore it. It was like a dungeon like Wolvie guessed yesterday. I as soon as I saw the trailer, I said, I bet that's a dungeon. I think a lot of us said that. We were all like, that's a gotta be a dungeon. That doesn't feel like it's related to the central content loop at all. It's a it's a drifting, derelict dead ship in a darkness area. You will drift, SRL confirmed. <laughs> How you say Kaitiel triggers me. How are you supposed to say it? Kaitel? 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 Is it Kaitel? Iron Banner tokens being vaulted as well? Oh, I don't know. Calendar says and more. It's a cliffhanger for next season. It's Kaitel. Okay, Kaitel. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think it's that. A lot of people think it's a cliffhanger for next season. I. I don't. I don't think it's that. It's Katie. <laughs> Let's just call her Katie. It is. It's easier than it's like oh, it's calling Gall Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people said that they said, well, they showed us Zavala with the Cabal. You know, no, they showed us that in a vid doc. They didn't show us that in a season of the Hunt trailer. The season of the Hunt trailer did not do any kind of a cliffhanger with the Cabal. That was in the vid doc. So I don't think they're putting a cliffhanger in a trailer 
for season of the chosen for for the season after it i don't think it's a season 14 uh teaser i i I think it's a i think it's a dungeon it's weird to say but i feel like they've got a dungeon team and i feel like the dungeon teams can crank out dungeons pretty quickly if you look at shattered throne and then we waited a long time right did no 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 how many dungeons we get in year two in year two did we get shattered throne we got Whisper right before, right? We got Shatter Throne, and then we got the Outbreak, didn't we? I'm having a hard time keeping it all straight. But I do know we got Pit of Heresy and Prophecy all in the same year. So we did get two there. It's very likely they've gotten into a good rhythm with dungeons. Or, again, exotic dungeons, or I count those kind of as dungeons. Whisper isn't a dungeon. I call those exotic dungeons. It's a three-man activity. It's pretty tough. You know... There's not encounters like you have in a dungeon, so that's shorter, but I feel like they classify those as dungeons. Um, uh, Whisper and Outbreak as dungeons? I've always called... I feel like I've always called those exotic dungeons. Um, Secret missions? Secret missions. You know. I don't know. Um... In any case, maybe they have the, a team that can build these smaller three-man activities that are challenging. You know? They qualify them as dungeons. Dungeon Report lists them as dungeons. Well, that's not official Bungie, though. So, that's not necessarily authoritative in the discussion. Noble coming in with a question. I have a sneaking suspicion that Vault of Glass is coming in the spring. What are your betting odds that we'll get a surprise at the end of the season? Uh, um... Well, I don't know about a surprise. In the current season right now, nothing. Uh, yeah, I think Vault of Glass is season 14. Season 13 is right around the corner. We, we just got a raid, so they're not going to do another raid. So they'll do the raid in season 14. Season 15 is the precursor to Witch Queen, and that's right before another raid. So they're going to space the raids out. So Vogue coming back will, you know, will, be, will be season 14. Um, I think they call them secret missions. Whatever you call them, they're clearly similar in design. They're designed for three people. They're challenging. They're unique. They're destinations that have a lot of like jumping and traversing. Um, dungeons are, are yes, bigger and more mechanically driven than the um, the exotic secret missions. But I feel like they're similar in spirit, and they're probably similar teams or the same team that work on them. Um, in the same way that the original Black Hammer mission was called a secret mission it's a tribute yeah 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 it's a tribute it's a tribute to Black Hammer and then yeah the Whisper secret mission yeah 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 Whisper of the Worm um so Krebsy says Vogue season 14 crossplay season 15 don't get my hopes up they said crossplay is coming later this year I don't I don't think he's getting your hopes up that sounds like a solid prediction to me um, you know, we're about to go into season 13. They put Vogue in season 14, and then, you know, they put crossplay in season 15. They're not going to want to put crossplay in at Witch Queen. They're going to want to get it in ahead of time to work out all the problems, you know, and all the struggles. G Smith says, Why do you believe Bungie doesn't make armor or weapon mods that help with activities for the season that can only slot into armor or weapons that come from that activity? I actually think we're getting close to this becoming a reality. I think they're going to start to do this with armor. They're going to give armor intrinsic value, maybe even set bonuses or slots or whatever for the activities because 
why else were you going to chase it? Now, this only works if you actually create difficulty spectrum and and rewards within the difficulty. I always gave the example of it would have been pretty cool if you could have spent time grinding for well, really, really good stats on the Europa armor and the Europa weapons and then go up into really hard empire hunts that are really tough and challenging, but the weapons and armor would be helping you with them and there could have been really dope rewards up there worthy of your pursuit. Better versions of the weapons... I mean, maybe ornaments for the weapons, but, you know, that's not quite enough. It can't just be cosmetics, you know? So then you're always gearing up in that season in that you're getting the new armor and you're getting the new guns and they have purpose as opposed to being like, well, it's time to replace my gauntlets and you get a good roll and you're like, cool. And you just level it up to eight or nine, put the mods in and go on your merry way. So... I wouldn't classify, I would hardly classify Whisper, Bad Juju, Outbreak, or Hawkmoon missions as dungeons. Especially not Hawkmoon. No, 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 no. The reason that I always felt like Outbreak and Whisper felt like mini dungeons to me was because of how they executed on the difficulty. They were friggin' tough. Timed with a tough boss at the end. Um, yeah, Bad Juju and Hawkmoon, no. They weren't secret, they weren't like hidden, they, they weren't timed, you know? I'm not, I'm not sitting here telling you that they are dungeons, I'm just explaining why in my mind I always call them, I call them exotic dungeons. Which I think when I say that, you know what I'm referring to, I'm not, it's not confusing, you know? Um, augmented Obsession, complete all the Augment Triumphs. Oh, what the frick is that? That looks terrible. Um, uh, question from Z Logic: Do you think that a reprisal like the first curse uh, for the new exotic quest is sufficient, or should we be asking for something new? At this point, it feels like what they do in a season is they do a new one and they do a reprisal. So we got like the Wither Horde, and then we got like a reprisal, didn't we? Um, that that feels like a pretty set pattern. I can't think of all the exotics they gave us in um, Season of Dawn, Season of the Worthy, and Season of Arrivals. Didn't they give us like a new exotic on the season pass and then do like a D1 reprisal? It's like they always come paired together. I might be wrong in my summary, but that sounds right. I can't remember how they how they did every single one of those seasons, but that to me feels like how they did it. Um, with 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 the way they brought back a lot of those D1 weapons they they make the they make the new hotness as a part of like like the bow and the wither horde right we're getting this awesome new bow and we got the wither horde like here's your season pass and you get like this cool exotic um it was all new in arrivals they didn't do a reprisal exotic in arrivals i thought they did why did i think they do a reprisal in in i don't know the fourth horseman came back in Worthy. Yeah, there was a new one. Arrivals did not have a reissue. Effigy was new. So they didn't reissue... They did not... They did not re- reissue a single... A single D1 exotic in Arrivals. Arrivals had Chosen... Effigy Wither Horde. Huh. It was Effigy and the Traveler's Chosen... Traveler's Chosen was kind of a reissue. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Dawning? It was Devil's Ruin and Symmetry. 
Wasn't there a D1 hand cannon in Dawning that we got? I thought we got one in Dawning. I, it's, I'm telling you, it's super hard to remember all this. I'm not saying it's 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 like a written in stone pattern. Um, there was no reissue in Dawn. Oh, that's right. We also got Bastion, didn't we? Or no? What, yeah. When was quarter, quarters of time was in Worthy? It it all blends together, man. It really, really does. It's so hard to remember it all. Nothing in Dawning. Okay. Okay, so what we've determined is there's no discernible pattern. So sometimes they do all new, sometimes they do a new, and they pair it with a reissue. There's no discernible pattern, so it could go either way. Corridors was Dawn. That's right, that's right. Um, yeah. So without a discernible pattern, I'll just tell you that it, it could go either way. It, it's, it's probably going to be the first curse, though. That text mechanica, I mean icon. <coughs> Why would they even put that? Unless they're just trying to trick us. Uh, Silk in the wind. Were there no new armor mods for the the last slot this season? Are they phasing that final slot out as the armor gets sunset? I don't have a good answer to this. I honestly don't know. Chat's gonna have to lean in and help on this. I'm not really sure what they're doing with that slot. And did we get any new mods this season? I, I don't know. They were there were raid mods in the raid. In, in the in the raid, but I don't know if there were actual new mods um, for the armor for that slot. I don't think there was anything. I don't think there was anything like charged with lighter war mine cells. If that's what you're asking, I don't think we really got anything. Um, I thought it was going to be first curse matches the weird darkness vibe and the text mechanica logo. Right, right, right. No combat mods. Yeah, I didn't think we did. So there were no new combat mods. Uh, there were no new combat mods this season, so and they've not really outlined what their plan is. I, I don't think they know. Blackburn says they want to add like gameplay novelty to armor, you know. So it's 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 tough. It's tough to know. It's tough to know if they're if they're going to completely rework armor yet again at some point, you know. I expect to see reprise Warmind weapons in the recaster with higher power level phaseouts. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing with that either. I'm really interested to go to the recaster and see, like, okay, how far back on seasons can I go? Or are they just going to slowly flesh that in and flesh that out, you know? So, all right, that's plenty of questions. If you're in the live audience, don't go anywhere. We've, we've got some cool things that we're going to be doing, okay? So, so stick around. We're not shutting the stream down, but I'm ending the recording for those listening elsewhere. You can always catch us live at sntrlive.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe.